DNA consists of four pairs of molecular bases, adenine, citrosine, thymine, and guanine, and form a ribbon-like chain in a molecule that is then twisted upon itself, a double helix. You've likely seen the Watson-Crick model somewhere in your educational experience. As renowned geneticist Simon Southerton points out, each base is always opposite its complementary base, A with C, G with T, or vice versa. They can thus be understood to be a coded sequence, which they are, and replication occurs because the complementary pairing always lines up with stray molecules called nucleotides. When reproduction takes place, a single change in the sequence represents a mutation in human mitochondria. For simplicity's sake, think of this as simply part of a cell. There are approximately 16,500 letters, and five sequences are currently found among Native American populations in what is identified as haplogroups. These five haplogroups also exist among the Siberian populations of Eastern Asia in the same statistical proportions. These haplogroups are not found in Semitic populations. And, additionally, there are other haplogroups found among the peoples of the Middle East that are not found in Native Americans. Got that? Mutually exclusive. Meldrum and Stevens, two leaders in DNA analysis, have found that the data accumulated to date indicates that 99.6% of Native American genetic markers studied so far exhibit Siberian connections. Mormon anthropologist Thomas W. Murphy commented on these findings, and I'm quoting him, Some Latter-day Saints have expressed optimism that DNA research would lead to a vindication of the Book of Mormon as a translation of a genuine ancient document. The results, though, have been disappointing. Genetic data repeatedly point to migrations from Asia between 7,000 and 50,000 years ago as the primary source of Native American origins. DNA research has substantiated the archaeological, cultural, linguistic, and biological evidence that also points overwhelmingly to an Asian origin for Native Americans. Investigation of the mitochondrial DNA for more than 5,500 living Native Americans reveals that 99.4% can be traced back to Asia. Only 0.6% came from Africa or Europe, most likely after 1492. Perhaps not surprisingly, the Church quietly made another change to the Book of Mormon. In 2006, shortly after the irrefutable DNA results were first published by the scientific community, initially the Book of Mormon read, The Lamanites, and they are the principal ancestors of the American Indians, changed to the Lamanites, and they are among the ancestors of the American Indians. For the past 30 to 40 years, the mitochondrial DNA lineage of 15,555 American Indians from more than 200 widely distributed tribes located throughout the Americas have been published. Virtually all, 99% of these lineages, fall into one of the five haprogroups, A, B, C, D, and X, as this chart published by Dr. Simon Southerton shows. It is true that the X haplogroup also occurs in Europe, North Africa, and the Middle East, but the H lineage family is very old, some 30,000 years. How have Mormon apologists responded to the recent DNA studies? The Mormon essay on DNA suggests the following, and I'm quoting, Basic principles of population genetics suggest the need for a more careful approach to the data. The conclusions of genetics, like those of any science, are tentative, and much work remains to be done to fully understand the origins of the native populations of the Americas. Nothing is known about the DNA of Book of Mormon peoples, and even if their genetic profile were known, there are sound scientific reasons that, 
it might remain undetected. For these same reasons, arguments that some defenders of the Book of Mormon make based on DNA studies are also speculative. In short, DNA studies cannot be used decisively to either affirm or reject the historical authenticity of the Book of Mormon. The church apologists now suggest that the Americas were already highly populated when Book of Mormon peoples first arrived, and that the Book of Mormon peoples likely interacted with indigenous people almost immediately, making any effort to trace the DNA lineages of Jared, Lehi, Mullock, and other peoples impossible. On the church's official website, lds.org, it now states, nothing in the Book of Mormon precludes migration into the Americas of people of Asiatic origin. This runs, of course, in the face of what the Book of Mormon states in 2 Nephi 1, 60-11. There shall none come into this land, save they be brought by the hand of the Lord. Their promised land would be kept as yet from the knowledge of other nations. And if the people would keep God's commandments, they would possess the land unto themselves, and there shall be none to molest them, nor to take away the land of their inheritance. Fair Mormon comments on my question, which reads, why do all recent DNA studies conclusively and without exception indicate that Native Americans are of Siberian Asiatic and not of Hebrew origin? Their response reads, fact-checking results. This claim contains mistakes and or errors. The author has stated erroneous or incorrect information or misinterpreted their sources. DNA evidence cannot be used to either prove or disprove the Book of Mormon. I agree The DNA evidence cannot be used to either prove or disprove the Book of Mormon. But it's another error in our quiver. Here again, the Mormon Church's apologists are on the defensive because they don't have any affirmative argument for the implications this science has on the Joseph Smith story. But DNA is a well-understood and established science. The criminal justice system accepts it as reliable and its identification so accurate that people are often convicted of capital crimes on the basis of it. So when the best DNA researchers say that 99.4% of native populations in North, South, and Central America have Eastern Asian DNA, we need to sit up and listen. Fair Mormon suggests that the currently accepted conclusion that the ancestors of the indigenous peoples of North, South, and Central America migrated from Asia is tentative. Really? If you want to go down that rabbit hole, the current accepted conclusion that DNA represents our genetic building blocks can also be considered tentative. The conclusion they call tentative is based on evidence. There have been no Middle Eastern markers found in some 12,000 samples taken from North and South American Aboriginal populations. I can't seem to find anywhere in the reams of Mormon's musings where they present any affirmative evidence showing Middle Eastern or Jewish DNA in native populations. Secondly, to say that nothing is known about the DNA of Book of Mormon people is disingenuous. We know, according to the story that Joseph Smith tells us, that they were Jews from the Middle East. We know what Middle Eastern Jewish DNA looks like. There are unique markers. I agree that there are explanations to why it's possible that no Hebrew DNA has been discovered. There might, however, be some disagreement as to how sound they are. Nevertheless, genetic drift offers a possibility. Genetic drift is the gradual loss of genetic markers in small populations due to random events. The church's essay uses the illustration of colored marbles to make the case, a simple but good illustration of the concept of genetic drift. Fill a jar with 20 marbles, 10 red, 10 blue. 
The jar represents a population and the marbles represent people with different genetic profiles. Draw a marble at random from the population, record its color and place it back in the jar. Each drawing represents the birth of a child. Draw 20 times to simulate a new generation within the population. The second generation could have an equal number of, of each color, but more likely it will have an uneven number of the two colors. Before you draw the third generation, adjust the population of either color in the jar to reflect the new mix of genetic profiles in the gene pool. As you continue drawing, the now uneven mix will lead to even more frequent draws of the dominant color. Over several generations, this drift towards one color will almost certainly result in the disappearance of the other color. The marble metaphor seems to make sense with 20 marbles and 20 draws, although to complete this story, it would have been good to know how many generations and color adjustments and draws it would take to end up with the same colored marbles. Nevertheless, I think that Fair has made some valid points, and I feel that they've earned a C on this issue. Well, this concludes today's discussion. Please tune in next week when we'll discuss plagiarism in the Book of Mormon. Until then, this is Paul Douglas wishing you all the very best.